Okay, hi. Welcome to Migration Patterns. I'm Meredith, and I'm your host today. Uh, I'm speaking to Israel Alvarez, and he's a chef from Mexico City. He studied culinary arts in Mexico, as well as two years in Spain. After his return from Spain, he began working at Pujol with world-renowned chef Enrique Olvera. You got it. Thank you. Uh, where he rose to sous chef. In 2007, he was kidnapped in Mexico City. After his release, he decided to move away from Mexico permanently. Israel came to Canada nine years ago through a job agency looking for skilled cooks for chain restaurants. He has been working diligently to start his own restaurant. You may know him from the successful Kamal Taco Therapy pop-ups in Edmonton and numerous guest chef events at local restaurants. He's also an instructor at Get Cooking in Edmonton. Most recently, he was cooking at Too Many Chefs, a fundraising event for the Bissell Center. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to kick things off, I usually ask um, you, what do you think of when you think of home? When I think about uh, back home? Yeah. Um, well, it's all my childhood was... Um, yeah, that's all my memories I have from my family, uh, for my, for my hoots and and you know all the places where I, I have memories and that's what, it's always uh, it's been a, a blessing for me to, go back uh, every three four years uh, and then just be there and enjoy the time. Yeah, is there like a certain kind of sight or smell that um, um, kicks off your memories? Yeah, I mean, um, food related is is all about uh, the smells of Mexico. Mexico City's street uh, food vendors are all over the place, which is one of the things that uh, it's very. It just brings me a lot of memories. That's something that you cannot uh, pro- probably perceive in 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 the streets of uh, Edmonton, right? No. No, um, we don't have that rich street yeah. food culture. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you see like Mexico City's uh, uh, food street scene, uh, you see a lot of uh, taco shops and a lot of uh, it's called antojitos, which is like street food all all around the places. And the smell is just uh, unbelievable. It just it tells you it's almost like you following your best smell, and it's something that you just go and 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 yeah, just go and enjoy that. Nice. Do you discover like lots of different stuff with the food smell, and do you just follow that smell, and then you find yourself trying something new, or can you um, identify? Yeah, I think you identify the the, the um, some of the aromas coming from different uh, neighborhoods sometimes. Uh, but the the taco, I think the taco aroma and the tortilla and and the uh, and some of the meats and it's some some of probably the most. Uh, I think one of the things that I always I always uh, remember when I'm back in Mexico, yeah. What was it like to grow up in Mexico City? It's like such a huge place. Uh, it's it's really hectic, that's for sure. Um, I think you don't realize how hectic it is until you moved. Uh, until if I was moved, I, I was uh, traveling to Spain, but um, but Mexico City, it's yeah, it's it's super super hectic uh, activities going all the time. Uh, it seems like it never stops, and uh, and it's it's a pretty big city too. So um, the commutes from places to other places uh, uh, it takes time, and and it's something that you have to basically deal with it every day. Right. Yeah. So then, how did you decide to pursue food and the culinary arts? 
Um, I think I think mo- most of the thing, most of the time when I when I think about it, when people ask me uh, how do you decide to become a, a cook or a chef, um, I think it comes down to uh, my family roots. Um, I think my my grandma used to be a great a great cook. Um, her sister used to run a little eatery, um, and from that's from my from my uh, dad's side and from my mom's side. Um, yeah, so they all have my grandma was from my my grand grandma used to be uh, uh, also one excellent cook, um, and she was the one uh, you basically doing all the um, tortillas or or the or the big dishes for weddings and and those in those little towns where she used to live. So I think that's something that comes uh, runs through my through my veins, uh, and then after that I decided to. I didn't want to take any program in, in the university. And then I think I, what I did is I went to the um, tourism uh, administration program. And, but I just, I, I, after a year, I, I just realized that it wasn't for me, even though there was some few, uh, few classes on cooking. But I really didn't, didn't know if I was going to be um, happy with that. Mm. And then I, I've, I've ended up uh, not going through, through the whole program and... Uh, uh, realized I wanted to do a, a cooking a cooking program for for two years, so that's what I did, and then um, that's how I ended up uh, becoming a becoming a chef. Yeah, that's really neat. And so after your two years, you went to Spain. Yeah, I took two years in Mexico. Um, my my dad was actually you not know, pretty um, um, confident about it because it's like. Um, well, you went to the university. You didn't want to take the full the full program. Now you change your mind. So I said, after the two years of the culinary program in Mexico, um, I had a chance to be promoted and, and travel to Spain, to La Coruña in uh, northern uh, Spain, in, Gal- in the province of Galicia. And um, so yeah, he supported me, and then uh, we did the old papers we need to do, and then we went there, and I was there. Um, basically, my life was. Just uh, going in the morning to work in one of the best restaurants in in, in La Coruña, which is it's called Pablo Gallego. He's an institution from the Galician uh, food scene in the city. And then I was going to school to take my, my other credentials. And then after uh, around 7, 7 o'clock, I was going to the hotel um, in the suburbs of Galicia just to uh, to collect more points and and uh, continue with my education. Wow. Yeah. That sounds really busy. <laughs> yeah. Six days a week, uh, pretty much 14, 14 hours a day. Wow. Yeah. And we, you know, in between, in between the first restaurant and the, on, and the school and then going back to the other, rest, uh, the other hotel. So that was a nonstop. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you notice um, many differences between, like, Spanish cuisine and Mexican cuisine? <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of uh, influence uh, coming from the, from this, from the Spanish uh, um, into Mexico, uh, but when you go there, it's completely different. Uh, I think every single region have their own uh, their own roots and their own customs and and their own product. So it's quite it's quite different, yeah, for sure. What was your favorite in Galicia? My favorite dish. Um, yeah. Well, I I think the one of the things that 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 really um, blew my mind was the octopus that they do in. In Galicia, it's, it's called pulpo a feira, which means basically it's, it's, it's like the festivity of the of the octopus, and 
Um, it's a very simple dish. They just know how to cook octopus in a very good way uh, with some potatoes, some olive oil, and some, uh, some sea salt. And it's just one of the most simple things that you can probably eat, but it's so well done. And because of the product that is there, uh, it just makes it very interesting. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So to switch gears, when you came home, you sure. kind of fell into the, the world of tacos, <laughs> to be really <laughs> general yeah, about um, it. <laughs> when I left Mexico, you know, the, the, the whole culture of Mexican food, uh, we all look at, um, you know, French cuisine, Italian cuisine, and we never, I think, we never took very seriously or we took it for granted, Mexican food. Um, and that's one reason why I wanted to go outside of Mexico. So when I came back, um, uh, I had a chance to, to work for, um, I was looking for different restaurants. And one of the things I wanted to do is uh, work for a Spanish restaurant in Mexico City because I already have you know, the experience going uh, being in Spain. Um, but I realized that it was not going to be the same uh, working in Spain than working in Mexico for, for a Spanish uh, restaurant. So I went to find a Mexican chef that will inspire me to do something uh, different. Um, so at the time, I've, I've, I had an interview with Enrique Olvera, which is the chef of Pujol in Mexico City. Um, we had a really good relationship since the beginning, and then we, uh, he decided just to say, uh, when do you want to start? So I started next day, and um, we were using a lot of Mexican ingredients, but with French techniques. Um, so it was, for the, for the, I think for the people of Mexico, it was a little bit weird move um, from the restaurant, um, but it was very interesting through the, through the years I was, I was working in there, we were, um, really looking for, uh, explore more of the real Mexican food and the techniques and the indigenous techniques of doing this or doing that, or working the product, uh, that is, uh, you know, that we have on, on the country. So, yeah. yeah. And you were there for five years. Uh, yeah, I was there for five years. I, th- I took a break, uh, in between, uh, 2004 and five. Um, I was. I had the opportunity to go and uh, run a little restaurant in the um, in in the area of Mexico City for, for a Galician guy that um, happens that um, he was friends with my friends in in Spain. So that just took me almost a year to be there, um, and then I went back to Pujol, uh, and then is when I became uh, one of the sous chefs for for the restaurant. And so what did that entail, being a sous chef at such a <laughs> world-renowned? Was it world-renowned at that time? Yeah, we were, we were in, the, in the scope of uh, many, uh, many people around the world. Um, and the pressure, was, uh, the pressure was since the beginning. It, it's, not, it's not something that changed uh, when, we were start, when, when Pujol started being uh, in, the, in, the, in the side of everyone. Um, but it was it was there, and I think because uh, the standards that uh, the chef wanted to put in, into his restaurants, and due to his um, background, you know, he 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 he, um, he worked in Chicago and he worked uh, in different other places in, in North America, and he went to the uh, CAA in, in in New York. So I think he he came back with those uh, with the mindset of, of 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 leading one of the best restaurants in the in in the city. Um, so yeah, it was it was very interesting the dynamics and the the level of uh, um, how can I say that um, ethic 
mm. work ethic you have to put into it, respecting every single ingredient. And one of the things that I want to share with you guys is that um, we were one day we were receiving cilantro, and and you see cilantro as a, a, one of the ingredients that nobody nobody cares about. I mean, it's just uh, something that just grows everywhere, right? <laughs> so we were having this uh, discussion about like why the cooks don't care about cilantro, why we 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 throwing cilantro away. Um, so he says, you know, like you guys have to change your mentality about about how you treat every single ingredient. So if you want to treat foie gras, you're gonna treat uh, duck breast or one of the most expensive uh, items, you know, uh, truffle or mushroom, as not as as equal as, as cilantro, which cilantro for Mexican food it's is is one of the the key components, right? Yeah. Um, so you guys have to change that mentality. So that was one of the things that that um, completely changed my mind at that time when I'm like, oh no, this guy, he wants uh, he wants to create some areas where. Uh, the cooks actually have to res- respect and, and give honor to any any ingredient that comes to your table, right? Wow. To to go back to um, when you left Mexico mm-hmm. and kind of dig into that, mm-hmm. um, what happened? Well, the, um, at that time, um, I wanted to take a break from... Uh, um, uh, from uh, working at Cujo, and so Enrique and I we talk about it, and um, and I said I think it's it's my time to take a break, and uh, and I wanted to you know try to find myself into a different direction. Um, so I was offered to go uh, anywhere in the world uh, where it could be uh, Denmark, could be Australia, could be Canada, the States, anywhere, and the uh, just just to go and work for six months. Okay. Uh, almost like a change, and then come back and uh, and still be in Pujol. So in that frame of time, um, of course, uh, Pujol was already a very successful restaurant. Enrique was one of the one of the uh, best chefs in the in the country. Uh, it was start having recognition internationally. So um, no, I don't know. I mean, I think that's something that um, you know the crime organizations were uh, putting their eyes on. Mm. And um, so, yeah, so I was, I was um, at that time, I, was, I had a girlfriend, and uh, when when I went to his, uh, we, we were out um, having some drinks, I guess, and then uh, all of a sudden, yeah, three three individuals uh, parked in front of her house, and uh, and I was parking in there. And it was funny, because I always say this, because uh, she, went, she went inside, and I was still in the car, and I was just still in the car because there was a soccer match uh, oh. for the World Cup, and uh, so that was again Mexico against uh, versus Canada. So <laughs> I was just listening to the last five minutes of the of the match, and so I didn't want to go inside. So I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to miss the uh, the five minutes of the match. So in those in those five minutes, um, yeah. So these these individuals came and onto me, and they parked and. Uh, and they asked me for a, for a, for an address, and I say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know this address. So that was a woman actually coming into me, um, and then yeah, so then all, all of a sudden I I was uh, I was the, in in this in this uh, kidnap situation where like you have to just jump in the back of your own car and let these people, you know, um, oh, really? drive you. So. Um, and it can, you know, it's 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 been, um, I think, one of the one of the social issues that 
that um, a lot of Mexicans now, uh, for at least for the last 10 years, they've been struggling with. Um, so after that happened, um, I was released the day before. So that's basically is what is called a, a express kidnap. Okay, so it was like two, three days? Yeah, it was like it was like a day and a half, something like that. Wow. If I can remember. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, that happened. And the next day, uh, I was released. Um, I guess they, they found where I was, where I was working, who I, what my, my title on the, or my responsibilities on the restaurant. So they, they found out everything. So they, they knew who I was at that moment. Um, which is really struck me at, 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 at just to, just to begin with, uh, just to know that these people know where I am and, yeah. and things like that. Right. Um, and in that, so that was that was that was the that was the that was the end of the story when uh, I was released uh, because I basically what I did I I I, I have to fake my a dead body so basically I had like a um, like an attack like a heart attack and I was basically telling these people I need my, I, I'm diabetic which I am not but yeah. I'm just telling you know yeah. making things up saying just to hope that they will you know have some compassion or whatever towards me. Um, so I basically I started shaking on the ground and and uh, uh, making these uh, noises and stuff like that. So these guys came back and all I all they said is that we don't want a dead body in this in this uh, in this place. Um, so they took me out and then they basically uh, throw me in the streets in a, an industrial zone and and that was it. So yeah, I was I mean. As far as I can remember, a lot of stuff, but uh, that wow. was it. So then again, next day, I um, I went to my house and uh, talked to my to my to my parents and my brother, and they said, "Well, you have to go to the police station and uh, you know just go and tell what happened." Uh, so I went there. I didn't want it to go because you know retaliation is something that it's um, it's something that sometimes happens. You know, yeah. but you go there and then police is like. So you're not injured, where well, you have couple couple bruises and you have this and that, but you're still alive. So I to me it was like completely out of a out of context. Like what, what are you talking about? Yeah. I just want to come and say this happened to me. I have nothing to do with these people, and I don't, I don't want any charges. I just want to tell you this happened to me at, in this neighborhood, and I want my I want my car to be um, to be inspected in case they did something oh. with my car. Because yeah. they were driving my car around the whole night, trying to get um, you know um, money from Walmart or from other um, uh, shop shop stores just just to get like out of my your cars? With, with my car with my debit cards and my Visa cards and everything. That's horrifying. So they were doing that while uh, while I was in this little room, I know, tight and and everything. Um, so yeah, and then um, happens that I was I was so upset at, at the authorities that. Um, just for the fact that they were not um, taking responsibility for anything, you know, just like, well, you're still alive. You should be. You should be just grateful that nothing happened to you, because uh, I know 80% of the people got kidnapped. They don't, they don't get released in several, huh. seven months, or or they just die. You know, that somebody is, is executed or something like that. Depending on the negos, when this, when they start the negotiations with the family and the police, may, things might go yeah. uh, a little sideways. So it, it, that happened, and that, and that was fine. Um, so I have to go to through um, 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 a therapy 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to get, um, you know, because I was not able to go anywhere. I was just completely uh, isolated f- uh, from the outside. And uh, so anytime, I, every time I was going out, um, I couldn't really function really well. I had paranoia and all that stuff. And then my, my, one of my things that happened is that I went to this, uh, it's funny because uh, they have this, um, they, they have this service and uh, it's like an office for uh, victims of kidnapping in Mexico. So I went there and um, they say, well, um, your next appointment, it will be in like five months. So I'm really? just I'm just like okay no thank you that's I mean in five months I'm not gonna deal with my own yeah things right so I decided to you know to to stop and say you know what this is this is not gonna work for me so at the time um, I had an um, I had a couple couple talks with a friend I was uh, he was working for a, a job company that was recruiting people to come to Canada as skilled workers so. That was one option, and the second option was to uh, in the states going uh, to run one Mexican restaurant in North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, which um, it was the process was in in between uh, the same time. Well, I, I was at the same time, but I chose to, I chose to come to Canada because um, I I think I saw and I did my research, and I you know I was always looking for um, the best place to to live and. You know, with all the social activity going on North Carolina and and how was Edmonton, and so I decided that for my own uh, for my own well being, I, 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 I it was better for me to to come to Edmonton, um, and so that's what happened. So I went to the interviews uh, with the with the job agency and through the embassy, and it was funny because I didn't I didn't speak that much of English at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very basic, so. Um, I got lucky that um, I got an interview on the embassy, and this guy was just coming back from uh, coming back from Spain, and so I, I shared my my one of the, the speaking uh, uh, interviews I had to do there um, it was something about what what are, what's what do you do for for a living, mm, and yeah. I said, well, I'm a chef, and blah blah blah, and I explained something about Galicia, uh, Spain. And he, he was just there. Happened that he was there last the, the month before. So we got it. You know, he got he. Got, I, th- I think he was uh, kind of a, you know, gracious Sweet. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was fine. So yeah, and then uh, and the whole process went well, and then I ended up uh, landing in Canada in 2008. Wow. Yeah. It's quite a journey. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy that you're here. Thank you. <laughs> happy to be <laughs> yeah. here. Do you do you remember your first impressions of when you arrived? Um, well, yes. I mean, um, I was looking at videos and stuff about you know things to do in Edmonton. So you have like an uh, like an idea of of how we'll look like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but when you actually land in and in, in the airport, um, I was just I was shocked because. Everything was green on, on underneath me. So I was like, everything is just green. All the prairies, right? It's just everything is green. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't realize I was. I mean, I because I, 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 when you land in Mexico City, it, I mean, you fly like ten minutes on Mexico City uh, land, oh, right? Wow. So you already see the whole Mexico City there. Yeah. All the buildings and all that stuff. When I was coming, when I was coming here, I didn't see any of that. So I'm just like. 
Wow, because that's that's what it, wh- how far is the city from this airport, right? Yeah. Um, so then they pick me up. Um, the company original Joe's picked me up in the, in the airport, and then one of the managers uh, drove me to the to the my first store. I was look I was working for uh, this this chain restaurant, um, and I thought it was very industrialized uh, city. Um, I, I think because they took me from uh, from um, from a highway or something. Mm-hmm that uh, didn't actually went through the whole city, to downtown. So I was basically uh, Rabbit Hill and I think it's 23rd Ave. Wow. <laughs> so I think they took memory. the highway, the highway or I don't know, something, something somewhere around there. And <laughs> then, so I, I really, I was like, wow, this doesn't look like a city, you know? Yeah. I wasn't at the, the, the end of the city, basically. So I don't know. I was, it was, it was uh, shocking at, at the, first, the first moment. And then... Um, and then next week, I had the chance to go to downtown, uh, and yeah, you just you just basically see um, a very tiny city, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it was May, and it was still a little cold. <laughs> uh, but you see, you know, people wearing you know like just short shorts and sandals, and sometimes, and you're like, I'm cold. <laughs> 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 you know, how do you guys can be just walking like that? So I, I thought that was funny, and. Um, yeah, so that was my first impression of, of Edmonton. Um, being very spread out, I, I, I would, I'd say yeah. it was not my impression because I didn't have the chance to go right down in uh, to downtown and see the downtown core. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I was it was it was just a completely different experience for sure. Yeah, How, what has it been like to start a business? Um, well, it's basically not a business. It's basically what I call it's a it's a it's a project to towards having a business. Yeah. Um, and it it started at 2006 when I first have a talk with my friend Matthew. He's actually a trained cook from uh, the culinary program at Nate's, and um, we have some discussions about food. Um, and then, you know, um. After after having my 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 all my paperwork done in Canada, so I became a permanent resident. Uh, before before that, uh, I couldn't work for any other company, only for the company that brought me to work in Canada. So you kind of feel like um, the necessity to move forward to what uh, what makes you um, kind of a feel better of 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 what you looking for. So what I'm trying to say is basically I wanted to move towards uh, um, working at different restaurants, working with uh, different chefs and stuff like that. So I did that for a couple of years, and then right after I just realized um, I think I cannot cook for anybody else anymore. <laughs> um, so I need to start something, you know, and it's just about time for me to explore new, different ideas and different concepts uh, for what I wanted to achieve as as a chef in in the city, what's what kind of feeling is that? When what is it where you're like I can't? Um, can you it, describe it? I'm, I'm yeah, really I don't curious. know. Like it's 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 curious because like I don't know. Sometimes when I when I have to when I have to make a a point about it, it it's it's more like um, I I just imagine someone um, trying to play um, a piano song or. Any instrument, right? Mm-hmm. That something gives you the notes, and then you just you just play that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have no no freedom or have no say 
on I think I think we should do this. I think we should do that. You know, I think so. To me, it was basically following recipes from other chefs or following recipes from from a book or following uh, the concept of the idea or somebody else. So when you when I was younger, I loved that. I was just like, oh, I wanna, I wanna. That's what I started working at Pujol. That's what I I, I look forward to be in in those kind of restaurants because you wanted to have mentors. You wanted yeah. to. To, to just to see how their mind uh, works and how they interact with ingredients and how they become chefs and uh, how they create menus and experiences for other people. So I, I was not having that experience. I was just working for somebody else. And I think that every single cook at, at some point, we feel the same way. You know, we feel like, well, this is, I think it's time for me to to look for something that is, I'm really passionate about it. If you have that, you know, have that gear of going through through, through that process. So that happened to me, and then I just um, I just thought, you know, that I should be should be a cool idea just to um, try it and see what happened. Yeah. Do you think you're sort of fearless with that from you know moving to a new country and s- starting over basically? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of knew that I was going to it was completely going to change my my relationship with food, okay. and um, trying to settle into a different uh, society and through a different country with a different language, uh, and different practices of food, and you know, um, I ha- I had experience in Spain when it was harder for me to find um, Mexican places in in in, in Europe. Uh, so when I was here, I, I, th- I think I was more sympathized with the idea of, of Canadians or Montonians having the opportunity to go to Mexico often mm. and experience food in there and come back and say, well, I had this and I had that, or I went to this place or went to the other place. So I think uh, at some point I, th- I thought, well, you know, that's, that's a potential for me to, to create something in, in, in the city. So that, that they can actually refer as well. That's Mexican food. 